Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from Easter Sunday. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter proceeded to speak and said, You know what has happened all over Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. This man God raised on the third day and granted that he be visible, not to all the people, but to us, the witnesses chosen by God in advance, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commissioned us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him will, will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Israel say, his mercy endures forever. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The right hand of the Lord has struck with power. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. A reading from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, if then you were raised with Christ, Seek what is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When, your, when Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This weekend in backyards and athletic fields and neighborhood parks all over the country, little boys and girls will line up uh, clutching baskets of, of different colors and sizes, waiting for the assigned uh, loudmouth parent to shout out, 
ready, set, go, and then the Easter egg hunt will begin. The kids will uh, scramble to find uh, plastic eggs that are hidden, sort of. I mean, they're not that well hidden, but whatever. And they're filled with treats, and 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 every child is going to go home with plenty of candy, plenty of plenty of sugar. These days, of course, it's against the rules for any child to ever be disappointed or to not go home with a prize. But even an old grouch like me agrees that every child should be smiling after an Easter egg hunt. After all, it's Easter, not the Super Bowl. Everyone's a winner who believes in Jesus, right? Now, I'm not sure if I grew up before Easter egg hunts were a thing or if my parents were just too lazy to hide eggs. But but we never had Easter egg hunts when I was a kid. Easter loot for me and my little sister was pretty easy to come by. The Easter Bunny showed up sometime in the middle of the night and left each of us a huge basket filled with really good stuff. Buttercream and coconut cream eggs, um, a big chocolate bunny, um, solid, by the way, not those hollow ones they have now, marshmallow peeps, um, th- those, those little malted milk balls that look like robin eggs, and of course, plenty of jelly beans. My father, even though he didn't have an Easter basket, always seemed to have his own personal stash of candy somewhere. I think, I'm pretty sure I inherited my sweet tooth from him. But when I reflected on our gospel passage this morning, I thought of Peter and, and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, who, who we believe is St. John. Peter and John running to the tomb like little boys on the hunt for Easter eggs. But about the only thing Peter and John and the little kids uh, hunting for candy have in common is that they were all running. They're all running. The kids looking for eggs, which are a symbol of new life or birth, um, they search They search in the daylight, uh, usually on a crisp but sunny spring morning. The treasure is is pretty easy to find with not a whole, without a whole lot of effort. And the smiles... Uh, the smiles are all over the place. They're, they're, they're all over, all over every kid's face and they're pretty much guaranteed. Peter and John though had a very, very different experience than, than those little kids do. They were running towards a tomb, um, which, which of course doesn't have anything to do with birth or new life, but is a, a symbol of death. The look in their eyes is not so much excitement like the little kids have in their eyes as it is confusion as to what has happened, and fear of being killed themselves, just like Jesus was killed. And it's not a bright, sunny morning. The, the gospel writer, in fact, says it was still dark. There's no treasure in the tomb. In fact, the tomb is empty. And they leave the tomb not smiling and overjoyed. In fact, we're told they did not yet understand what had happened. And yet, it's that same Peter who proclaims Jesus as Savior to the household of Cornelius in our first reading. Uh, and Cornelius is a Gentile, uh, and, and him and his family are about to be baptized, and he's a, uh, Peter addresses them in our reading from the Acts of the Apostles this morning. For us in the year 2022, a baptism is a lot like an Easter egg hunt. Everyone's generally in a good mood, although there's always some family drama because somebody's angry that they didn't get chosen or wasn't allowed to be a godparent because the last time they set foot in a church was their own baptism, but that's a whole other story. The child is, of course, for the baptism is beautifully dressed, maybe in a maybe in a new baptismal garment, but but it could also be a baptismal gown that was passed down from a generation to generation. So there's a lot of family history that go along goes along with it. Everyone in the church usually is bathed recently. Uh, the church is clean, bright, air conditioned. The minister of baptism, whether it's a priest or a deacon, talks about what a joyous day it is and how wonderful it is to be a Christian. Well, that's not what it was like in Cornelius's house on that baptism day, on, on the day that they were baptized. There are no pretty dresses. No one went to Costco to get a sheet cake. 
It's also likely uh, a few people smelled. Maybe not everyone had bathed that day. But more importantly, Cornelius was risking his life and those of his family by being baptized. Very unlike our baptisms today. Peter was risking his life too by, by being there to do the baptism, by encouraging them to believe that someone besides the Roman emperor uh, could be called Messiah or Lord or Son of God. What is happening here is not something that was taken lightly. Cornelius needed to be convinced that to be a disciple of Christ was, wis- was worth risking everything, because he is risking everything. Notice that Peter uses the word witness, um, which is the Greek word mar- uh, that would be translated into the Greek word martyrus, mart- martyr, you recognize that word. Uh, but Peter uses the word witness three times in this short passage. Peter says that he and others were witnesses of all that Jesus did, including Jesus' preaching, mighty deeds, and death on a cross, that Peter was included among the witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So that's the second time, the second thing that he says he witnessed. And that and he also uses um, the word witness with relation to the prophets. He says to him, meaning Jesus, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. It's important to think about what would cause people to risk everything they love, even their lives. And, and, and it wasn't that Jesus would make them rich. There were other ways to make money. It wasn't that about those amazing cures because not everyone needs a miraculous healing or to have a demon cast out of them. It wasn't about uh, spectacular, spectacular deeds or spectacular uh, tricks Walking on water is cool, but it's not particularly it's not a particularly valuable skill for day-to-day living. Ultimately, people chose to be disciples and, and more importantly to remain disciples, no matter what it cost, because Jesus conquered the unconquerable sin and death. That's why people got baptized. That's why people followed Jesus. That's why people were willing to risk everything for Jesus. Not because he could make them rich or walk again or see again. It was because Jesus could give them eternal life. The apostles, including Peter and John, betrayed Jesus, remember. They loved him, but they didn't risk their lives for him until he rose from the dead, proving that his promise of eternal life was not only a fantasy or a figure of speech. The morning of the resurrection was dark. And not only because the sun hadn't risen above the horizon yet, every one of them was scared to death. Jesus made the blind see, he made the lame walk, he lifted up sinners like the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, the tax collector Zacchaeus, and the criminal who was crucified by his side. Their hearts were all beating, biologically at least, but they had become less than human. They felt worthless. They wished they were dead. And Jesus restored their lives to them. That's why people follow Jesus, because he gave them life. He gave them new life. He gave them life that was way better than they had ever experienced before. That's why Cornelius and Peter and Paul and so many others were willing to be witnesses or martyrs for Christ. Jesus offered them something the world couldn't offer them, something the error couldn't, emperor couldn't offer them. He offered them redemption from the darkest, most hopeless parts of human existence. Granted, it wasn't as easy to get it as a child as a childhood Easter egg hunt is to find candy. 
to receive what he had to give and to be a true witness to what it was worth, they had to carry and ultimately rise above their own individual crosses. It was the only way to witness to the world that Jesus was not just another preacher or another prophet or another charismatic leader who would flame out like so many others had done before. In order to rise, you first need to fall. And the harder the impact and the deeper the pit, the more compelling the case for Jesus is. In order to enter eternal life and to witness to the power of Jesus' name and the grace that he offers us, you first have to die. You have to be risen, raised up from the pit. And you have to do it not someday, but right here, right now, in this world, not in a non-existent world to come. You may remember in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he says, when I was a child, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. It's time for us to put away the plastic eggs. Jesus has something much better in mind, but it's not without risk. To preach the gospel well, you have to run to the tomb in the dark. Ready, set, go. Happy Easter. God bless you.